Well, hey everyone, welcome back to Her Story. We are in season two. Who would have thought we still would be experiencing COVID, but that's okay because I get to talk to some great women of God. And today is no different because today I have with me Amy Ford. Amy Ford is killing it in ministry and she's killing it across the country, just equipping young, single, um, unwed, pregnant women um, and just letting them know that you are loved, that God loves you, your your church loves you, your community loves you. So I want to welcome Amy Ford. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. So Amy and I go back because our girls went to middle school together and now they are experiencing their first year in college, COVID college as I call it, but they are surviving and we, look, we are surviving as moms um, as they move forward and so on. But Amy, I would love for you to talk about just how did you get started with your ministry, with your nonprofit, with Embrace Grace? Well, it kind of starts with my story and uh, at least the passion for it. But I had an unexpected pregnancy when I was 19 and grew up in church my whole life, but I didn't really have a relationship with the Lord. And I found out I was pregnant knew that I, I, I always felt in my heart that I didn't ever want to have an abortion, but in that moment I was terrified and I was scared my parent, what my parents were going to say. And, um, just all, you know, the enemy lies to you when you're in, in fear and you think of the worst case scenarios that could possibly happen. So we decided to go to the abortion clinic and me and my baby dad, um, who is my husband now, which is funny, but he, uh, We ended up paying for it, going in, and I hyperventilated and passed out in the abortion room. All of those emotions that I had kind of stuffed down for a while, it it just erupted. And when uh, when I came to, the nurses were fanning me, trying to give me a drink of water. And one of the nurses says, you're too emotionally distraught to make this decision today. You can come back another day, but today you're not getting an abortion. And so I went back out in the waiting room, told Ryan, we're still pregnant. And we just decided at that moment, okay, like we're going to figure this out together. And and if we're homeless, you know, our parents hate us, we'll be the black sheep of the family, all of those crazy things you were thinking, you know, we just were like, we'll figure it out. So we told our parents it wasn't as bad as we thought it would be. They definitely were disappointed in the timing, but um, but they were supportive. And um, we ended up, we decided to get married because we had been together for about four years and we knew we wanted to get married someday, not that quickly, but we just went ahead and decided to. And we had asked the man that had led Ryan to the Lord years before a pastor, if he would marry us. And he said, no, I'm sorry, because you've sinned. I will not, I can't bless this marriage. And we were like, oh my goodness, like we are such horrible people. We can't even get married, you know, and, and right. And, and it was just, like it felt like a scarlet letter on our wedding day it it was a beautiful wedding but there was a lot of shame that I carried and um, we found someone else that would marry us Um, and then we just tried to go back to church after that and it's like the elephant in the room people don't know whether to say congratulations or I'm sorry so they don't say anything and you just feel alone in a crowd of people and so I'm super extrovert I have a lot of friends and it's just really obvious all of a sudden when everyone kind of distances themselves. So 
Um, but one thing that's really cool is that pastor that wouldn't marry us, he actually called Ryan two years later and he asked for forgiveness. He said he felt like it was his worst mistake in pastoring history that he had ever made. And my husband loves this guy. They're still great friends to this day. And he was just like, yes, of course I forgive you. And, um, and we ended up having a son. Um, he's actually 23 now and he just, uh, graduated from Oral Roberts University and he just got married and um, he ma majored in theology, theology. Now he's getting his master's and we're just super proud of him. We can't imagine our life without him. And when he was 16, that pastor that wouldn't marry us, he's a pastor in Austin. He asked us to come and speak and asked me to come speak about just Embrace Grace and our pro-love ministry and everything. And he was very open with his congregation before I had gotten there about what he had done years ago. He said he had a religious spirit, a Pharisee heart, and now, you know, they have Embrace Grace, this ministry. And so I spoke, I did my thing. And then afterwards, he asked me to come back on the platform. And he asked my son, Jess, who is 16, to come back on the platform. And he said, Amy, years ago, I asked your husband for forgiveness, but I never really asked you, will you forgive me for what I did? You know, years ago, it's like, yes, of course, I forgave you a long time ago. But then he looked at my son, 16, in front of the whole church. And he said, will you forgive me for planting seeds of rejection in your heart before you were ever even born? And while you were in your mother's womb, I rejected you. Will you forgive me? And my son, 16, in front of the whole church says, I forgive you. And you could wow. just church wounds being lifted in that room. People just couldn't believe that the fact that the pastor would humble himself in that way. And, and so going through all of that just really made me understand the power that the church has in helping empower women to be brave and choose life. And, um, you know, even if someone is pro-choice, you can't argue with loving people. And that's just what we're trying to do. And even if a girl does have an abortion, we don't want her to, but if she does, the church should be a safe place for her to go to as well for healing and for her um, to get connected to community. And so um, that just really, I, I, we want to help women and empower them um, and, and really get out of that crisis like moment, you know, you have tunnel vision and you're not really seeing the bigger picture and, and, and fear makes you do crazy things. And so we want to help them come up higher and really uh, talk through, you know, what, what it would it look like to be able to choose life and what kind of help would you need and what kind of support. And so and going through Embrace Grace, um, with Embrace Grace is just basically 12 week classes that churches can do. We have almost 700 churches in 47 states and 10 countries that do Embrace Grace, where they invite these girls that have unplanned pregnancies into the church to be discipled, to be loved on, they get a baby shower, they get supported, and then they get um, a, a part of a, a spiritual family. And um, so it's really cool. And I always say it's like front row seats to miracles, what God does in their hearts. And um, it's it's a sweet ministry. Yeah, it, it definitely is a sweet ministry. Our church has... Um, has done Embrace Grace for a couple of years. We're taking a break right now, but we're definitely, this has challenged me to bring back Embrace Grace because just you're so correct, the impact and walking alongside that young lady and letting her know that the church loves you and is, this place is not judgment. No, no one in here is perfect. And you know what? I think back to always the first meeting of Embrace Grace. When the girls first come in, they are terrified. And I, you know, for those of you who are new, I'm the, I'm the women's ministry director, but I'm also, my husband's the pastor. So they're like, 
the first lady. Oh my goodness. And then they're also kind of skeptical because I, I didn't, I wasn't a teen mom. And so then they're looking at me like, oh, you're going to really judge me. But just letting them know that, look, this week is just all this next 12 weeks is about love. And I just expect you to be here. And, um, and when they see the outpour of love from the church or when we have the beauty day and they get, it's the glam day and they get all beautified and they get their hair and all that kind of great stuff. So it is, it's such a great ministry and it's just a great ministry in your right of love. And yeah, so on. See, you know, I I even was at Papacitos uh, just a couple of days ago, and the hostess was pregnant, and I kind of just started asking questions. But it's always whenever I get to the part where I'm like, "Hey, we have this group at our church. We would love for you to come." It's always like, "Wait, what? Like, you want me to go to your church, and I'm pregnant? And then if we can get them in the door, you know, it usually takes lots of texting and encouragement and, you know, all of that. Once we get them in the door, then there still kind of has this wall up of like, what's about to happen? Like maybe they're there because they want the baby shower and the free stuff. And so they're like, I'll endure, you know, a, a class so that I can get the free stuff. And they're going to tell me, what I hear all the time is I thought you were going to tell me what a screw up I was. I mm-hmm. thought you were going to tell me that I was, you know, I'm, I've messed up my life and I hate that that's what they think church is. And, um, you know, we're known more for what we're against than what we're for sometimes. And that is what we want to change. And, and we're super strategic too. a lot of the groups will, all the leaders just share their stories, the first class, because they're like, Oh, Okay, so if that's that lady's story, that's way worse than my story. And if God did that for her, then maybe God will do that for me too. And then their walls start coming down and they start opening up and, um, and then the healing can happen. And, you know, it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. It's just all about love. If we're not trying to fix people, we're just trying to love people. Just trying to love you and just show you God's love and mercy. And, and then just really emphasizing to the girls, like, it's so not about, um, it's so not about just the decision that you made. It's about, oh my gosh, let me love on you because I know this is a stressful time and you may feel alone, but let me love on you and support you and encourage you. And uh, just the bonds that are made, I think about some of the girls that you know that have graduated out of the program and now they're married and now they're having their second baby or now they've gone through other programs and they've got their apartment. It just gives them also confidence too. Um, I, I think you, your, pro, I think your program, it just gives them the confidence, confidence that they need. So they know, like, I can make it, I can make right. it it's all about identity, value, and worth. And if they can just fully understand how much God loves them so, 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 so much and all the things they shouldn't be doing becomes things they don't want to do anymore because they fall in love with him and he's who transforms, you know, and, And yeah, and even just getting connected into a church and being a part of a spiritual family and raising their kids in the church, it's, uh, it's just awesome to see. But a lot of times it's just that first time, you know, getting their foot in the door makes them unsure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, with starting Embrace Grace, um, you know, what were some hurdles that you faced? I think sometimes, you know, we'll see um, someone who has a nonprofit or they've started a new business and they'll be like, oh so easy, but, but what are some, what were some of the hurdles that you faced? Well, I think that, um, it, it, from a non, you know, what we do being in a kind of a pro-life pro-love world, 
sometimes we, it's like both sides, people that are super pro-choice, you know, that can be hard, but even, you know, just like I said before, you can't argue with loving people, but really what the hardest part is, is just sometimes we meet pastors or ministry leaders that are just struggling with, um, grace, really it's grace. Like, you know, I remember one time a lady came up to me and she was like, you know, I just think maybe they deserve more like gently used things. And is this condoning bad behavior by giving them a baby shower? And, you know, if you think about the prodigal son, like the, it, the, he was like with prostitutes and spent all his dad's money. And, and then, and then it said a while, my favorite part is it said, and while he was a long way off, uh, when he decided to come home, it says, and while he was a long way off, the father ran to him and had his servants put a robe on his back and a ring on his finger. And, you know, a lot of these girls are still a long way off, but they've turned to their heavenly father. And it's awesome to see. And we can be like the little brother that is, or the brother that's like, you know, this isn't fair. And why are we doing this? Or we can be a part of throwing the party. And um, so just, you know, some pastors and churches have a hard they, they feel like it might be rewarding bad behavior. And so that definitely has been some hurdles along the way, but I actually kind of enjoy, you know, helping churches see differently and, um, and, and all of that. But personally, definitely like with starting a nonprofit, just balance, you know, with having kids, my kids are getting a little older now, but, um, I had minor super spread out. So one was starting college when one was starting kindergarten. And, um, and so just trying to like, you know, the mom, a whole mom and like sometimes struggling with guilt, like, am I gone too much? And, um, and pre COVID, you know, there was a lot of travel involved and things like that. And so just trying to find that good, um, that good amount of time where I'm feeling comfortable with not, you know, with the time I'm spending at home and the time I'm away and setting up parameters, like trying not to be gone more than three nights per week. Um, and, and, and most of the time I wouldn't, but you know, that would be, cause sometimes it's like weird weeks where you just have tons of things going on. And so just trying to find that balance definitely was hurdles that have to go through. But, um, one thing though, is like, I feel like what helped is just the confirmation that we got when we started. And so whenever I usually go way too fast and sometimes I get ahead of God. And so I have, whenever we had started Embrace Grace, it started at our church gateway, just as a small group. And uh, whenever it kind of started growing, other churches started calling us saying, this is really cool. Will you show us how to do it too? And we'd send them some stuff. And it got to a point where like, I think we may, we might be supposed to help people help people. We're supposed to help the church be the church in this area. So maybe we're supposed to start a nonprofit and help other churches do this as well. And whenever I got the IRS paperwork, it was like extremely, um, thick, heavy, lots of pages, you know, bylaws and all this stuff that I don't really care about. Like, I just want to help people, but it was intimidating. And so when I got it, I was like, oh, I need to make sure that God's in this. I don't want this to be my idea. I want this to be God's idea. And I will go ahead and start filling out this paperwork. But one thing I prayed about it and I was like, God, it, it costs money to start a nonprofit. And so I asked God, I want the money to fall from the sky. And that's when I'll know like to start this. And that's when I know I'm supposed to, because even my husband, he was like, Amy, I feel like you're supposed to do this. I'll pay for it. I'm like, no, I need that confirmation because I don't want to get three years, five years down the road and it get really hard and think, 
oh, maybe I didn't hear God. Maybe I wasn't supposed to do this. You know, I needed that. So we started filling out the paperwork. And one of the main things on the first page is what is your mission statement and your vision statement? So it's really hard to put this whole idea into one sentence. So we're trying to like articulate that. So I pray when I pray that prayer the next day, my co-founder, she was at a prayer meeting for our com- women's conference that was coming up and a random lady walked up to her and she said, um, hey, I know this sounds weird, but are you going on a missions trip? And Selena's like, no, I'm not going on a mission trip. I, I don't know. She's like, hmm, well, I heard the word mission. Does that word mean something to you? And Selena's like, well, we're working on a mission statement. Have you ever heard of Embrace Grace? And the lady said no. And so Selena told her all about it. And she said, well, I heard the Lord clearly clearly say to fund your mission. How much is it that you need? And Aww. Selena told her and she wrote a check for the whole thing. Stranger the next day. And I remember she, I even have a copy of that check still today. And it, she wrote on the memo line, the scripture reference of how blessed are the feet that share the good news of the gospel. And, um, and so that was like, okay, God, like you called us to this and you told us to do this. So if it gets hard, if we have hurdles, you know, that we're going to have to jump through, we know that you will walk with us every step of the way, because you told us to do this and we're walking in obedience in it. And so that kind of helped at least with the confidence and the, you know, the unsurety that comes sometimes with like, are we going to make payroll? And are we going to, you know, have this, we have this big need over here and God has provided and has, he has been with us the whole time. And um, it helped us so much just having that um, affirmation of like, no, you're supposed to do this and I'm going to walk with you along the way. Awesome. That's awesome. Such um I love, I think all our listeners and just even me included, it just reminds you that no matter what you face, no matter everything that comes your way, that God is still in control and God will send someone. And I mean, and they'll send them like completely unexpected. And you're just like, oh, Jesus, thank you so much. (laughs) Why did we even worry? Why are we worried? Why are we stressed? Um, You know, who are three people that you find that have been the most influential to you? I mean, you talked about your pastor and, um, you know, I think the thing that we can take from that is that he asked forgiveness and he humbled himself. And sometimes as, as leaders, whether you're a pastor or you are a principal or even as a mom, it reminds us that we still have to humble ourselves and ask people for forgiveness when we hurt someone. But who are some people that you find who have been very influential to you? Hmm. Well, I know for sure too, um, are my pastors now, Pastor Robert and Debbie Morris, like they really, their leadership when Embrace Grace was just a small group at their church, you know, there were times when they were like, are going too fast. And there were times when they were like fly, you know, and being under that spiritual authority, um, was so, uh, we learned so much and grew so much and, you know, navigating conflict resolution and all of that, like their leadership just helped us so much. But even then when we started the nonprofit, um, they have, they helped us launch it and helped us get it going. And they just have a huge influence and impact on this ministry. I don't think this ministry would really be where it's at today without um, everything that I learned and even just the healing that, you know, I went through before it all started looking back, you know, the healing that I, got at that church before God downloaded the vision of embrace grace into my heart. Like it was, it was all in preparation for what God was 
calling me to do. And so they are just amazing. And then of course my husband, you know, he's, he is our, my biggest cheerleader. In fact, he's here, you know, right now we call him the embrace grace baby daddy because, um, he's, he's the only guy that's here when it comes around. So it's like the burner's <laughs> broken, um, you know, stuff that we don't want to mess with and he'll, come, he's up here helping. And then he just is so smart with operations and, and all of that, you know, he has his own company that he runs, but he's so passionate about embrace grace. He's up here too. And, He's awesome. So yeah, I love how y'all serve. I love how y'all serve together. I mean, I serve on staff with Brian and I, I'll tease him sometimes like you could so fire me and it would be really cool. And I was like, you just keep me around so you can get extra kisses and sneaks and hugs from me. And stuff. For sure. He, he is always like, I wish I just had a desk in your office and we could just talk all day. I was like, okay, I'm, I love you, but like, let's <laughs> stay down the hall a little bit and pop in when you, when you want kisses. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Oh goodness. All right. So, you know, um, you know, as we kind of close out, what have you read or listened to recently that has inspired you? Hmm. Well, I, one book that I just finished reading that I love is called Ro- rooting for rivals. And, um, I think it's by, it's by a couple authors, but I think Peter Greer is one of the main ones, but, Um, It's just all about how when we're all on the same team, like we're all kingdom workers and we're all working together. And when one nonprofit wins, we all win. Or when the salvation happens here, you know, we all win. And I remember one time there was a church that did embrace grace for a while and then they stopped and then all they said they needed to to not do it anymore or take a break or something. But all of a sudden I saw they were doing kind of their own brand or whatever, you know, of, um, of something they developed there on their own. And I remember uh, like, I kind of got offended for a second. I was I'm like, not offended. No, <laughs> yeah, what, what's wrong with ours? And, um, I was, I heard, uh, the Lord say, what's your mission? What's your mission statement? And I was like, okay, God it is inspiring and equipping the church to love on single and pregnant young women and their families. And I heard him whisper, and thinking like, who cares what brand, you know, that these church, I don't like they, it, they didn't have anything before Embrace Grace. And now they're serving single moms and helping them. And so it's a win, you know, we did what our mission is and just looking at it from that lens of everything that we do, like, and even or other nonprofits coming to us, they're always asking for advice on how to start and all that. We always are have our doors open. We're like, whatever, whatever resources we have, whatever we have to give you to so that you can go do the thing that God's called you to do. We can change the world, you know, and, and what is that thing that makes you pound your fist on the table and think someone needs to do something about this? A lot of times God put that in your heart for you to do it. And so to really dig into that and ask God, how can you be the change you want to see in the world? And, and so whatever we have that we can help other people be able to do that, you know, we complain about, you know, stuff going on, even with politics or whatever. And the thing is, is we can be the change. Like it it doesn't have to come from a government and the change can, can start with us. And so what, what does that look like? And what is your story or your passion or that, that burning inside of you? um, How can you use that to change the world. And, um, so I, I think it's such a great book if, if, especially for anyone that runs a ministry or a company or anything like that, it's a great, great book. I listen, it sounds wonderful because, and it's such, you know, it's so fitting for a time that we're in, you know, 
I remember people were, I mean, everybody, anytime elections come around, whether it's the president, whether it's the governor or whatever, anytime we have elections come around, people get so pressed. I just don't remember being this pressed. But then I remember even this last go round, uh, I kind of was like, they're like, well, if he wins or if he wins, and I kept feeling like he doesn't sit on the throne for me. I, 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 you know, no matter who is in office, I mean, yeah, there's a couple of things, yes, I really need to happen, but I'm not going to lose my faith and soul over who sits in that office because that's not who I worship. The person who I worship is Christ. And I have to put my faith in that. And you said something so key. We have to be the change makers. And you listen, even when you talked about the uh, the other church uh, doing it, I was like, what? That is an insult. And then, but listen, look how God worked on your heart. No, because your mission is this and we have won and that's what we're doing. But it's still kind of shady that they did that. But anyway, <laughs> but we're well, we're all in the same game and that's the main thing. And that's the main thing. We're all different. We all we look different. We all have different things that going on in our lives. But the main thing, if we're a Christian, we should uh, love the Lord and serve no matter what. Yes, for sure. And hey, one more thing before we go. Speaking of books, I'd love to do a shameless plug of my new book, uh, Help Her Be Brave, Discover Your Place in the Pro-Life Movement. It just released in January. If you're like, I don't, you know, I have a passion. I want to help women with unexpected pregnancies, but I don't know how. Obviously, you can lead an Embrace Grace group. You can go to embracegrace.com. But if you're not sure if that's it, there are over 300 ideas in this book with lots of great stories of just people you creatively helping empower women and, and either, either single moms or um, women with unexpected pregnancies. So check that out. It's on Amazon or at embracegrace.com. You can grab it. So Amy, you've already, you already hit your book up. Go ahead and get her book. That's not the first book she's written. She has about three books that she's written. Um, she also has curriculum. Of course, she's giving you the website, Embrace Grace, go to that. But also Amy, how can we follow you like on social media? Yeah, well, Embrace Grace Inc. for sure. Um, and then Amy Ford and Instagram is Amy Ford EG. Um, but yeah, follow and see what God, well, there's lots of cool stories that we get to share doing this ministry. So you'll be encouraged. That is great. Well, I always close out my podcast just praying for um, whoever I've interviewed. And I would love to pray for you today. All right. Well, Father God, we just come. We come thanking you for just the mission and vision that you've given Amy and her husband, Lord. But Lord, I just thank you for how she is impacting not just our state and our city, but she's impacting the the whole country, Lord, and the world, Lord. We thank you for over 700 groups, Lord, but we pray for more, Lord, because we're just in this need that we need to show more love to each other than anything else, Lord. Now I ask for a hedge of protection around her family, Lord, as as her son is, is is moved on and is in a new season with his new wife and and her, and her daughter is first year college, but then you have your two little ones at home, Lord. But we just ask for a hedge of protection around them, Lord. May they continue to seek your will, your way, Lord. We just ask you to cover them as they're at school, as they're just on the highways, Lord. We just thank you and love you. And then, of course, we pray for her marriage, Lord. Just be with them. I ask you, Lord, just to protect their date night, Lord. Protect their devotion time that they spend together, Lord. I pray for their church. I thank you, Lord, for what Gateway is doing in not only the, the, the world, but also in our city, Lord. We thank you for how they serve, how they support 
and um, love on Amy and embrace grace, Lord. We just thank you and we honor you today in Jesus. When our backs were against the wall. You're welcome, you're welcome. Thank you so much. It's 